Welcome back to another edition, Keeping It Real, IGN Welcome Movies. Welcome back. <laughs> it's Jim David of Stacks. I am joined by the one and only Matt Fowler. <laughs> you say it, it makes it sound like you have a hyphenated last name, by the way. Like you're <laughs> David right. of Stacks. Yes, I married Stacks, actually. <laughs> we, we actually had been two separate identities all these years. <laughs> we actually got a... a you know, a few juicy uh, geek news topics to talk about today. Probably won't be as long a podcast as before because we all have stuff to to get done. But but knowing that whenever we say that, it, it winds up just being as long as usual. Exactly. Uh, also, I have no idea what you're about to talk about. I told Jim not to tell me what the topics are <laughs> for today. So everything's going to come as a big surprise to Complete me. Complete spontaneity on I this edition. No time to prepare for this. This is going to be riffing and rapping, <laughs> bebopping and scatting for me. That's uh, the best way. I don't. Don't watch movies, but I will talk about them. That's right. Well, you, you're the father of like 12 children or something, right? You're uh, like Mel Gibson. Yeah, we've got like our 13th. I think the paperwork's coming through, exactly. and that, we're not adopting. It just takes a lot of paperwork for pregnancy. But you are you are just poaching children from foreign countries when you go on humanitarian missions, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, at least it's the mission is humanitarian. I'm not going there for black ops. <laughs> the mission is the man. It <laughs> It'd really be worse is. if I went there to assassinate someone and then I take their children. <laughs> That'll be like the ne- the plot to the next Bourne movie, you know, the Bourne paternity or something like that. So, all right, we got a bunch of stuff. Uh, let's dive right in. Just, you know, last weekend's box office, no surprise, Battle LA, number one, made $35.6 million. Um, the question was, really, like, how would Red Riding Hood do in Mars Needs Moms? moms? Uh, and the question is not that as well as... <laughs> well, Mars Needs Moms is the big news out of that, I guess. Yeah. Because it just... Uh, uh, it made six. Mars needs moms, million. but nobody na- needed that movie. Yeah, exactly. It was six. It made six point nine million. It was, uh, and it's a now in the like the elite club of like those like uh, town and countries, and, and you know Cleopatra those movies that cost a hundred million plus and Postman, and made ten, less than ten million in the yeah. opening weekend. Yeah, it made six point like nine million. Cost one hundred and fifty million. Yeah, it, it's really it's it's. It, there were some reports that it, that's the reason why they. Um, they sunk uh, Yellow Submarine over at Disney, that, that Robert oh, yeah, Zemeckis yeah. And, mocap thing. But it's, he, it's, I think they had already though. scuttled that company. But though. it's like he's so obsessed with this. And uh, I see in the pressers now. now you're they one don't, of the few people that saw Mars Needs Mars. And I'm even one of the lesser few people that pay, didn't, I didn't pay for it when I saw it. You know, <laughs> like, So, yes, I saw it, but it contributed nothing to the box office for that movie. <laughs> now... Um, the, the the press releases don't even call it mocap anymore. Motion capture. It's performance capture. Oh, I guess well, they yes. they felt motion capture was sort of demeaning to the actors who had yeah. to actually go through all that rigmarole. But um, <laughs> I am bringing the word the term rigmarole back. Bring it back. Um, but why motion? I, I still don't see the point of it. Don't well, see the point. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Mars needs moms. Did they have the dead eyes thing in that one? Yeah, too? yeah, of course. Oh man! I, it, there's just so many creative choices that go into this process that don't pay off. Well, they the don't, only they one that kind of worked for me was Avatar. Uh, but that was that was different. I, I I still consider that a completely different type of motion capture. Sorry, performance capture than <laughs> the Marcy's Moms, Polar Express, than the Zemeckis camp. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and this is somebody, and I'm sitting here as somebody who moderately and mostly like Beowulf. Yeah, for what it was. I thought it was, you know, I thought the dragon fight at the end was really cool. And yes, you couldn't have done that. And you, first of all, they even changed Winston's body for that movie. You know what I mean? But like, they didn't change anyone else's. Yeah, they, the they, they, they made like, him super fit. You know? Yeah, um, <laughs> they turned him into like a, a younger Sean Bean. I don't see the point of this, and I don't understand why Zemeckis is so dead set on making. It's like 
Stop trying, just stop like trying to make motion capture happen. Stop yeah. trying to make it happen because nobody wants it. And you have to fight such a barrier f- just to get through to critics and to people to see it. And I think they finally reached that, that watermark where now it's yeah. rolling back because Polar Express was, Polar Express was barely a hit. Like yeah. when it came out. And I remember I was a manager at a movie theater when that happened, and we could not get rid of that film. Like it was <laughs> it was in our – it stuck around in that uh, – granted, I ran a 21plex, but it hung – we had to keep that film when like we were obligated like contractually to keep that film in the theaters, even if it was in our smallest house. Like it was like <laughs> four months later, and we're still playing Polar Express, you know, and it was uh, – and granted, it didn't come out at Christmas. It came out like in November or something. It came out pre-Christmas, yeah. but – um, well, like uh, Christmas Carol wasn't necessarily a success. I have not either. seen that. No, I haven't seen it either. But that was and also, it was part of I mean, it, it is the, the, the expense. Million, that, part of it is you still get expensive actors if you're getting Jim Carrey and Tom Hanks. Yeah, to do and you and couple with that you have the expensive process. Like this is a costly process to do this stuff, you know. And at the end of Marcy's Moms in the in the credits, you see actually the actors doing the performance. And that's what's funny is because that's when you realize who in the crowd didn't realize that the young boy in that movie was Seth Green. So uh, I watched Seth Green doing the role like in his full yeah. his full green man suit and like <laughs> hopping over fake obstacles and stuff and doing the motion. You, but You know what movie should have been performance capture? <laughs> Tiptoes. Tiptoes. <laughs> we, tell our uh, uh, listeners for, about Tiptoes, I, please. I don't know if I can because I just did a Tiptoes tangent on the channel surfing podcast. Oh, you did? Yeah. But okay. uh, because there was a uh, uh, a Gervais is is doing that new um, show, show with Warwick Davis playing a an asshole dwarf talent <laughs> agent, and that led into our Tiptoes discussion, uh, where. But you know, there's a similar theme to Tiptoes and well, uh, first and off, tip, Mons, tip, tip there is, is cre- there are creative choices made that you don't understand. For instance, Tiptoes, Gary Oldman, for whatever reason, was chosen to play uh, Matthew McConaughey's brother in the movie. Uh, and he's a dwarf. Right. They didn't get a dwarf actor. And, and Matthew McConaughey get... is the only, uh, you know, regular height person in that movie. Yeah. I mean, in terms of that family, I should say. Uh, they're Texan Jewish dwarves. And, that's, uh, that's the whole family. And the choice was made, though, to not hire a little person to do that role, but to hire Gary Oldman. Yeah. Who is... And Peter Dinklage is in the movie. Right. And so are a lot of midgets. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? But, like... And he is like one of our superior chameleon-esque actors. Yes. Yeah. But why? You know. So, yeah. And uh, and then the larger you you back up from that whole thing and say why this movie? Everyone go Google the trailer for Tiptoes. And you'll, it's you'll astounding. Wonder, you'll wonder why this movie. It opens with uh, Kate Beckinsale blowing Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, which I dropping to her knees. If you ask me, every movie should probably exactly. open with that. I mean, why didn't that movie do better? Uh, this was like, and also it's you know Gary. It, it says in the trailer, Gary Ullman's performance of Lifetime. Was that the wording? Mm-hmm. And it's basically, it's his Benjamin Button. It was uh, 2003. never got released. Uh, it is can, on Netflix. It's Netflix. the top of my queue right now. But, yeah, so <laughs> sorry to everyone that you're getting a double dose of Fowler today. <laughs> they do have vaccines for it. <laughs> well, you know, Red Riding Hood, just to uh, switch gears a little bit, that opened third behind Rango. Which uh, was number two. Um, I loved Rango. I, I still haven't seen Rango, but um, Red Riding Hood made fourteen million, which is kind of on the soft side. Does that does that kind of 
uh, bode ill for uh, this whole slate of fairy tale adaptations that are kind of coming up now in in the um, post Alice in Wonderland, uh, you know, kind of. Well, I think that there are spree. You know, a lot of Alice in Wonderland can be contributed to Johnny Depp, and just to the look of the film. Mm-hmm. Kids wanted to see it. You know what I mean? People wanted to see it for Johnny Depp. Kids wanted to see it. Adults wouldn't mind seeing it. Burton's a name now, as far as like what uh, you can expect. What you you, you know he's a brand. Gonna, yeah, he, he's a brand now. Uh, but you're always taking a risk when you're basing something on a pre-existing property and marketing it to a specific demographic. Yeah. So this is taking something that's a childhood story. Granted, it was based on a. Is, was it a, was Red Riding Hood a Grimm's fairy tale? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. So, well, I you know it might predate them, but everyone knows. <coughs> Just uh, because their something is known by everyone doesn't mean that something's a fan. That everyone's a fan of that. Thing. Yeah, I well, know they dropped Red, a little from Red Riding Hood. Yeah, too. but I'm saying like, like I'm a, I know about Red Riding Hood and I know about the story and about the original story. That doesn't mean that I'm a Red Riding Hood fan. Yeah, yeah, and it's also when they add uh, from the director of Twilight, and it's apparently it's so an awful market- movie. And then they're taking it and they're marketing it to a specific. Yeah, crowd. they didn't sell it to any of the horror sites or any of the horror fans. It wasn't, uh, you know, even when they and speaking did the of Gary press Oldman, <laughs> he is in that. <laughs> he That's is right. in that, standing upright, not on his standing knees. upright, and at his actual height. Yeah. Um, imagine though, if he had done Red Riding Hood. Imagine as if there a was dwarf. a scene in that movie where he tiptoed. <laughs> that would have been too much. That would have He's been like, too this much. is my call out to tiptoe. He, like, <laughs> exactly. winks at the he has a little shout out in each of his films. What people don't realize is his character in tiptoes, if uh, uh, kind of uh, dragged out to, to normal size, had been, uh, would be Jim Gordon. He looks just like him. Glasses, mustache. Yeah, yeah. The haircut. glasses are a little thick yeah. compared to Jim Gordon's. But, yeah. Um, well, see, when he got taller, though, he could see things more up close. So he wouldn't need the, the glasses as thick. That's true. And he's got his uh, Aryan brother, Ab, you know, Matthew McAbs. And uh, they're Jewish somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe she is. Who knows? They just have, All we know is there's, there's a Jewish wedding that happens. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Now, all right, let's dive into the news because there's a lot of big uh, comic book movie news. And uh, first of all, though, I, I do want to address we've gotten uh, a number of um, – Messages from people and, and comments. Why do you guys always seem to just talk about comic book movies? I do understand that, you know, there are a lot of genres and types of movies that I'd like to talk about, but they're not necessarily IGN audience-centric. Um, uh, and they're not really, like, True Grit, uh, yeah, I would have loved to have talked about that movie coming up, but it wasn't really on people's radar until that trailer came out. The reason why we talk about it is Hollywood's making more and more of these and they they appear to appeal to our audience and to us personally. So you it's know, we talk about what we. Well, we're also talking to people who maybe find this podcast on iTunes and not necessarily through searching IGN podcast. But right. you know, okay, this is a movies cast. But you'll find the same thing on channel surfing. It's like we talk about specific shows that we know that our readers are and our listeners are fans of uh, specific properties involved. Like we just did, you know, our pilots piece <laughs> where we picked. Pilots were most excited about, and surprised they're all serialized genre shows. You know, <laughs> um, no procedurals, no reality TV that's coming out. You know, it's not just what we talk about. So the same can apply to movies. Yeah, you know, where there are specific properties that we know that people are excited about. That there's, you know, that it's it's a Comic Con world. Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about. Uh, it's a Hall H world. Yeah, it's a Hall H world, and in that world. 
the fanboys would have loved to have seen Darren Aronofsky direct the Wolverine, Wolverine Two. Uh, the not going to happen. Not going to happen. He dropped out, citing family issues. Uh, he's going through a divorce right now with Rachel Weisz, and uh, he didn't want to be out of the country for that long, away from his family. Now, that's the on-the-record reason, and a lot of people are speculating that he realized that he just didn't want to make uh, a sequel to a... To a prequel. To a sequel to a prequel in a rather damaged franchise. A which, prequel to a trilogy. Exactly. <laughs> and that, you know, X-Men First Class could redeem all of that. It looks great, I think. But, um, you know, he's coming off of an Oscar nomination for Black Swan. It is going to take up two years of his life. Yeah, he's friends with Hugh Jackman, but is this really worth as well? I think he, he came to the realization that he wasn't going to have that sort of creative control or at least be able to go as dark with that property as he would have liked. And given he came to the realization that he, he's no longer able to have sex with Rachel Weisz. Yeah. He's in a dark place right now. He is. He is. Like, Oscar <laughs> nomination or not. Mm-hmm. And also, they were going to film in Japan, and obviously, given yeah, all the tragedies I over there right now. suppose we don't know what the production is going to be like over there, like, like what their situation is. Their, yeah. their situation is still day-to-day. Yeah, I mean, right now, they... they they don't even know if this uh, the nuclear reactors over there are going to go off. Speaking or not. of which, today is the day that the radiation hit our shores, too. Yeah, yeah, and also uh, to uh, Morrow and Carl and Phil and Joey, who are all in Chicago. Chicago here, apparently, there's radiation there now from people who flew from Tokyo to Chicago. For C two E two or just uh just oh it's there. Wait, so anybody flying? It was the other day, but like anyone flying to from Japan to anywhere, right? Yeah, I would I would imagine that's probably uh This is what's interesting is that uh whoever it is the U- the UN representative for like nuclear emissions and such who refused to go on re- refused to have their name said by the way. This is what they said on the news this morning. <laughs> As the poor reporter is down on the beach, it was still dark, right? And he's reporting from the shoreline. You see the waves rolling up yeah. and it's like that it was reported that it's a that the radiation that's coming to us right now is a billionth of the level that would be harmful. I'm like, that seems extremely, like, minuscule, like, too minuscule. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why you have to wear a lead apron when you just go get x-rays of your teeth. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I, I don't know. I think they just don't want people to freak out. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, but anyways, uh, so Wolverine, um, I don't know, maybe they'll just film uh, in L.A. and like Little Tokyo and redress areas of it. And so, I mean, they did. They do that a lot in L.A. They'll they'll re, or uh, Vancouver. They'll redress whole areas to make it look like uh, foreign Little cities. Tokyo in L.A. is Little Tokyo. Like, it it's not really like Chinatown. Is. It's like it's like a, it's, it's like three it's blocks. A block. yeah, it's it's, it's like, actually probably even smaller than or maybe on par with like Little Italy in New like, York yeah, where Mulberry couple, Street is really. It's a couple really... blocks. It's the Japan America Culture Community Center, which is the theater and the museum. And yeah. a little bonsai garden behind it. And Isn't then, the Disney Center down there too? Uh, yeah, and um, every every summer or so they have Nisei Week, and then they so they have a parade. But yeah. that's about it. Um, related to uh, related to this now, David Slade, <laughs> he was the runner-up to direct Wolverine. Uh, he's now hired to do a different Fox uh, Marvel movie, Daredevil, uh, the new Daredevil movie, which apparently. The weird thing is, they said it's a continuation of, but won't refer to anything or have anyone from the first Daredevil movie. So is it a reboot, a sequel, or what? It's like, it's, I guess we, we were saying it was kind of like um, Incredible Hulk. 
tacitly kind of acknowledges that the first movie happened, but doesn't really directly yet, drive anything yet, from it. And then we'll I still, still tweak things. Anyways. I still don't consider that the references or any of the nods in Incredible Hulk being related to anything in the in the Ang Lee movie. Because even, even the origin, even is, the different. origin is different. Yeah. They're shown in the credits. Even that's yeah. different. Uh, so I don't. Yeah, I, to me, Incredible <coughs> Hulk stands alone. Yeah, like with a rushed prelude. It almost seems you know, to owe like, more to the you know the TV series and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, um, but what do you think about David Slade directing I, Daredevil? And, I think. And what do you think uh, Fox should do about Wolverine? I I think I don't know that I have necessarily concrete opinions. I just think that there are some. Uh, speaking, I guess, more to Daredevil now, I think that there are just some superheroes that don't easily translate to good movies. Yeah. And I think that's just with the superhero. I mean, how many times is Punisher going to get a pass? Yeah. How many times in our mind have we thought that there could be a good Punisher movie? Yes, it's a guy who shoots people and wants revenge. Sure. Yeah. Like, on paper, that's, yeah. that, you know. <laughs> it seems like a no-brainer. Um, but, like, there are just certain superheroes that do translate well. Yeah, you know, like Spider Man, like it will always. They have to have well, like a, you know? a a personality or a psychological cl- complexity to them that and, that and makes you know, them interesting. And you know, a lot of it has to do with the popularity of the books themselves. Like, look what's most popular, and look what makes the most popular movies. Like, it's Spider Man and Batman. Yeah, but I mean, X-Men. like, but look, but those books are popular because that these characters draw people in e- more easily than other characters. Yeah, that's not to say that. Everything should be the same. Of course, it should be different characters. But Daredevil is hard to get over. And even though Daredevil is a very interesting character, and the books are, are great, you know they've they've had some great runs of late. But I think in this case, it might even be more of a cosmetic reason. I mean, that suit is tough to. And to his pull powers off. are t- kind of tough to. Like, yeah. The son- like, I mean, like the whole. It's not, ra- you have it's, I'm to, saying it's hard to understand. I'm saying like it's just not. It's tough to as, set it in a real world thing and then make it, you right. know. Because, yeah, essentially you are going to have him in a real district in Manhattan in Hell's Kitchen, uh, which is not what they really call it when you're talking about real estate. But yeah. that's. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. gentrified Clinton. But I'm saying like, right? um, yeah. yeah, so there is supposed to be a more of a realistic approach to Daredevil stories, even though Daredevil exists within the Marvel Universe and is in yeah. a world where there are superpowers and aliens and all that stuff. Yeah, but you're not going to see that in a Daredevil. Movie. Yeah, it's like they they want to do this uh, gritty Nolan uh, realism, but his movies work because they're all the fantastical stuff has been kind of uh, des- desaturated. Really, it's not you know. I mean, Joker didn't have really have you know pasty white skin. He was wearing makeup. You know, Razal Ghul wasn't rocking the cape and all that. And, right, right, right. You know, and, but, and so yeah, I do yeah. think I agree that a lot of it is a costuming issue sometimes too because. Think about like, think about Batman, Superman, and Spider Man. Like, mm-hmm. think about like how their costumes really work within their origin stories. Yeah, like they're a big part of their origin story is the costume. Daredevil is like, I mean, he's got the, the you know the the his you know the his devil. dad was yeah, the yeah. boxer and all that. Yeah. Um, but like, does that lend itself to that full body costume that he actually wears? Yeah, you know, like, well, I think um, there was a rumor uh, yesterday that. David Slade's take is to make it more in line with the other Marvel movies like Thor and Cap and Iron Man where they're more superhero-y and, and it's not going to be as dark and gritty as the fans think. And there's even rumors, and we were joking about it the minute we wrote this news. In fact, I doctored up a photo of Robert Pattinson with sunglasses on next to um, next to uh, Matt Murdock, and it's, uh, you know, there are rumors that maybe they're thinking of him. You did that to him. make people angry. 
Yeah, yeah. You but, know, I baited a little bit yeah, there, I know, but, but now people are actually really <laughs> talking about it. You know, um, that look, problems with the first movie, and you can go to IGN now and see uh, the feature that's written about how to make the next Daredevil movie not suck, but like for me, it would be a shame if they're treating it as a continuation, unofficial continuation, because that would mean, of course, they wouldn't use Bullseye, which I think is a really cool character. Yeah. I did not like the Bullseye in the last movie. I did not like how everything turned into these this horrible CGI. Of course, I yeah. effects are better now, but like the fights, you know, just With the evolved industrial into, rock music playing. But yeah. no, but like the fact that after a certain part of fighting, when they start leaping from scaffolding and and, oh, and formation, the, 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 the big, it's not uh, them anymore. The church organ they and they're jumping from pipes. to Yeah, pipes they're not fighting them. anymore. It's like you're watching an yeah. uh, animated movie. You know. Yeah. Uh, so there are some things that they need to work out as far as. Um, you know, the effects and how they're going to actually portray his fighting style. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that, uh, you know, on this comic book movie tip, another movie that is coming up soon that a lot of people are curious about is Superman, that reboot. Um, Now, Kevin Costner has been officially announced as Jonathan Kent. And uh, first, what do you think of that? And then two, Zack Snyder did an interview this week, the director, and he said that um, uh, they're going to be respectful to the source material and all that, but it's not going to be a slavish adaptation. And they're also, it's not going to acknowledge or pull from uh, or be beholden to any of the past movies. Uh, thoughts, Fowler, go. Uh, sure. <laughs> hey, Costner's fine. I think we talked about this actually when last time we did a podcast, just the two of us, when it was, yeah, when when he it was, was circling just the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, Costner's good. Uh, he's fine. Diane Lane's hot, yeah. you know, still. I don't know. This is a mom and pop Kent that are still knocking boots. Yeah. Uh, basically, is that that's you know, no, boots off in the bedroom. That's boots right. Off. That's her one rule. They do it. They do it in the barn. <laughs> yeah, that's where uh, the boots are. That's uh, where the boots get knocked. Mom and pop what, what do you do think? It, do it till your planet explodes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good, and I think it's interesting to see him like have transformed into like an elder statesman. I suppose. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know. Although he's another uh, flop or two away from, you know, getting his own TV series as the president. Yeah, but he's been off the radar. The, you know, he doesn't do he that did, many he movies. He did get a lot of great uh, brownie points, though, with the American public for the Gulf oil spill and all his efforts there. But I think I think he's been off our radar long enough that, like, nobody's really had a... Like, God, people... I think you know, in, in post Mel Gibson, Charlie Sheen, and all these other people, it's like, he's what like, did the he man be, do? He just made a couple of boring movies that so didn't do it. There well. are like celebrities out there, like compared to like Sheen and Gibson, that should be fucking canonized, <laughs> like, like just just for not being crazy. Costner <laughs> saved the Gulf. <laughs> like okay? we we have erected a statue in your honor just because you're not batshit. <laughs> um, I, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Now, uh, as far as them not being beholden to the past movies, I think that's, I, I think they're addressing head on exactly the one of the, the charming and also problematic things about Superman Returns, which was it was too much of a, uh, too uh, too much of a Valentine to the Christopher Reeve movies that a certain generation grew up with, but you know, kids growing up today, you know, they know of those movies, they might even like them, but. It's not their Superman. They grew up with Smallville and the mm-hmm. cartoons and stuff. Yeah, and so you know, it's it's an admirable approach. I see why they would do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Look, you know me, and you know our office. We're all about nostalgia. I'm not. I don't. I don't want some of those things touched. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fine, do your own thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. especially in this world of remakes and reboots, and like, 
trying to make a story in a movie out of anything that's ever been a thing. Yeah. You know, whether it's I'm a, still a movie, waiting TV for the, show, uh, board game, the Jolly toy, Green Giant to get his anything. own movie or the bounty uh, picker-upper guy. Oh, uh, yeah, the lumberjack? Yeah. The bounty guy? Yeah, Big yeah. Big Red or whatever his name is. Is uh, that his Chuck name? Chuck Norton. Big no, Red I don't was know. the SNL cartoon of yeah. the Viking that <laughs> spurted you with red stuff. Uh, no, see, I, I think the you bounty think guy would have been... Ron. Big Ron was uh, was uh, the uh, Will Ferrell was uh, it was like a brawny parody, but it was yeah, for, it was for true, uh, yeah. femi- Big Ron's feminine napkins, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the woman's like in need of a feminine napkin, and he like giant Big Ron comes down and like hands her one. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I think if they had ever uh, turned the brawny guy into a, into a movie, he would have been. Um it would have been perfect for Chuck Norris. But think about uh, when we were growing up, all the cartoons that were around, this ridiculous cartoons that were based on movies and TV shows. You know, like... Oh, yeah, like, yeah. There was the... Uh, it started in the 70s with, like, weird stuff like Happy Days and, like, you know, Star well, Trek. Star Trek, Trek and, had theirs. And then, but then, like, when we grew up, there was, like, Punky Brewster and, like, all these weird well, things. Well, Ghostbusters had a, a cartoon for a while. What was I like the, the Ghostbusters cartoon. That was good. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that actually has uh, quite the cult following, too. What were some of the other ones, the, um, the movies that got turned into cartoons? Well, Dungeons and Dragons oh, was based, on, based on the game. Dungeons and Dragons right. came out. Um, and then there were video games. Even the video games back then, like you had Pac-Man and Pole Position and Cubert cartoons, yeah. like so they well, got Dragon's Lair, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. Ba- actually, yeah, the arcade. So they were even turning arcade games, yeah. into yeah. I remember. So, I, mean, I, I remember liking this the cartoon. A, as I mean, a kid. as much as we piss and moan, this isn't a new concept. Like this, ter- it's just now. Yeah, a huge I mean, we bought scale. it when we were this little. This is a huge scale now. Yeah, you know? and and it's yeah, it's uh, it's made on a, on a scope where these things would have been. You know, considered kid films back in the day. Now they would have been tentpole you know, yeah, releases. Yeah. Like if the Cabbage uh, Patch Kids movie or the Garbage Pail Kids, whatever that crap was, got well, the movie uh, was Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If they if that had been made nowadays, it would have been like a mega tentpole release. Well, it would have been like what the Smurfs probably is, would, yeah. is this summer. Yeah. Well, there's another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you know they actually made a Smurfs movie, uh, animated Belgian black and white? Smurfs animated Black feature back in the 60s, like 1964. Yeah. I've been trying to find it. I would love to see that. And they still look the same. Really? That's the funny You'd thing. would love to see that? I would, actually. I'd kind of like to see it. I'd be curious. <laughs> I you know what I mean? I'd, love I'd be curious. <laughs> love was probably too strong. My love is too strong for everything, Fowler. But yeah. uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on. There's love can't do for you. That's right. Well, let's, let's talk politics here. Red Dawn remake was revealed this Wolverines? week. <laughs> exactly. Talk about a transition. Tell me who's in that again. Who's the Powers uh, Booth? It's Chris. Well, Powers Booth's character is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Chris right. Hemsworth, the new Thor, is going to be in it. And then, uh, what is it, Josh Peck? Is it, but how much of a remake is it? Are there like the brothers? Is it like I high believe, school? Yeah, is it I believe, all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I believe it's all that. But instead of the Soviets, it, it was, now get this, it was the Chinese that shot the whole thing a couple of years ago. And uh, the Chinese were the villains who invade America, yada, yada, yada. Well, now that the thing's been sitting on the shelf for a while and the fire sale at MGM and all that is going on, um, they're trying to find distributors. Well, lo and behold, shock. Distributors are scared shitless of putting out a movie that makes China look bad because China is a huge market. And also, it was a preposterous idea to begin with, considering China would never invade America because they've already done it. It's called Walmart. They don't need to, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they've gone in, MGM's gone in and digitally... Um, recre- uh, digitally removed and inserted in for all the Chinese stuff, they've now made it North Korea. 
So wonder, basically, we've got a live-action Team America. Do you think? Yeah, but do you think that that's seamless? Do you think like because they're gonna have to dub shit? They're gonna have they're to gonna dub have to, it. Like, and they're it's probably sound even, I mean, they can't. They don't have any money to reshoot it. I would right, imagine. right, right. So I, I think there's even talk that this thing could end up going direct to DVD. You know. It's a new wonder, Adrian. Uh, sorry, I'm showing. Wait, is this the first image of her? Yeah, this is our Holy listeners. Crap. Sorry, listeners. I'm showing Jim the this first image. This is real. This is official. Yeah, Kalura is writing it up. Uh, oh, she looks official, good. The official new uh, Wonder Woman image uh, released to Entertainment Weekly. She from actually the TV show. looks like Wonder Woman, except yeah. she's wearing pants. Damn it! I like. Well, I, I wanted mean, to see yeah. her in her her little tidy. I know they underpants. said that the costume would be. But different. she looks. Yeah, but she looks, looks like fun. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wow. She's got the zooms. Yeah, she's I'm got actually her now I interested. see the golden lasso. So yeah, uh, in about you know you'll be you, by the time this podcast goes up, you all have all seen it. But yeah. uh, head over to it I, looks to, great uh, actually IGN and check out the image. Now, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, the Red Dawn. Uh, what, what do you think? Was that kind of gutless of, uh, uh, on them to to do that, or was that the decision they should have gone with to begin with? I think they should have seen that coming. Yeah. I think that's something that is should have supposed to show that they weren't very business minded to begin with. Yeah. I suppose so, and like you know, there's such a movement in this company country anyway. Um, but to think that this thing could like end up going direct to DVD, pe- I think like kinda... what, something was going on, and people were criticizing Obama for being in India and then going to China, like he was doing a tour. Yeah, they're like he should be here or something. I'm like, why is he even there? Well, guess why he's there? <laughs> they under India and China underwrite so much of our debt. Yeah. That we are their bitch. <laughs> like that's why he's there. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone there with his hand out, saying, "Um, yeah, times are tough here." So, okay, let's move on to some other uh, geek news. Silent Hill Revelation 3D, the long anticipated sequel to Silent Hill. That I that saw classic. Silent Hill, and I don't really remember it. It's not. It's not good. It's interesting. It's an interesting. I just failure. remember it coming becoming so grand and convoluted. Yeah, yeah, no, like the story makes started, no sense. But what started off as like a really simple, eerie premise, yeah, turned it just got way too ambitious. It kind of reminded me of like Nightbreed. You yeah, know, it just like, evolved into this sort it's of like, like all of a sudden thing where I'm watching some and yeah, okay, it, and of course it comes from a game that you're able to go through at a gamer's pace as the story unfolds with you over the course of days or however long to play yeah. the game. To condense that into a movie, and that's one of, that would be one of the big problems with a Bioshock movie that apparently is never going to happen now, too. Because yeah. they are big stories that are revealed to you when you play the game at a decent pace that you're able to, well, maybe, to maybe take it in. Cable television is better suited for things TV like TV show, yeah. I mean, Bioshock uh, look, would I, at least I, make I, an interesting miniseries. You know? We were just talking about this with the Borgias, you and I, but like, I'm of the opinion that so many things that with big stories would work much better as a TV show or miniseries yeah. because with the movie, you're just always, unless you have a whole uh, trilogy planned out movie-wise, you're always going to be cramming too much shit. Yeah, into a movie. Uh, that's, that's why I that's feel based like on something else. Or that's based on real shit or TV. based on a pre-existing story. You're always yeah. going to be cramming shit. If it's an original movie, you can pace it out however you want. You want. Yeah. But how many of those exist anymore? Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But like Silent Hill, like it's a really interesting, creepy premise, and then all of a sudden you're watching something with a huge backstory of like stuff that you're all of a sudden supposed to care about. Yeah, and, like, I, I couldn't find. Well. The the news is that uh, they, they've got Sean Bean, Rada Mitchell, and Deborah Kara Unger back playing their characters from the, the first movie. I didn't even remember Deborah Kara Unger was in that. 
Well, she doesn't even look like herself I anymore. Know, like, you know, she doesn't look like, you remember her from uh, the game? And she was like that, that you know, hot character actress, uh, but for, I don't know, a moment there in 1996 or so. But it, she, it was kind of like Gretchen Maul, too, but Gretchen Maul's been able to move on to TV shows and do other yeah. things. Well, I think, you know, Deborah Kara Unger was, you know, like around our age at the time that her, you know, her moment finally happened, and that's just unfortunate was, for her. I think the problem was her name. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's it doesn't exactly nah. roll off the. I used to, uh, I briefly dated a girl. Um, well, kind of, sort of dated. We we. Uh, it's a Named long Cara story. Deborah Unger. Uh, her name was uh, Debbie Unger. Yeah, Debbie Unger, and she was blonde, and she she kind of looked like You're her. Like, it was not shit, her. Come to think of it, <laughs> it was all part of the game. Yeah. But anyway, paid him more to make it stop. <laughs> but yeah, Silent Hill Revelation 3D. Now there's again a uh, pre-existing property. They're going for the 3D thing. I just feel like by the time this movie actually comes out, that you know who's going to really care about seeing this? Uh, I I don't know. I it, couldn't they have done, done like a um, kind of like a direct-to-video franchise for something like this. Uh, yeah, like I said, depending, yeah, you get, like you just said, depending on how big they want to go with it, and it sounds yeah. like they're going big. Yeah, I mean, 3D. These aren't big stars, as big of a fan of Sean Bean as I am, but, like, they're not, yeah. they're not big stars. You yeah. Know, like, I mean, maybe Game of Thrones will, will, uh... I also don't but have... But people know who he is, you But know? also, I don't have any, I don't have the financials. Like, I don't know how big of a success or a cult hit or how regarded outside of my own mind, that the first movie actually was. Yeah. I don't know how it's actually sitting with people. You know, for uh, a a long time, even though I work for a video game site, you know, I'm not a huge gamer. I'm more of a a movie and comics geek. Um, And I've been on a kick lately of watching all these video game movies that I didn't just didn't feel like seeing years ago. So I've watched Super Mario Brothers. I've watched... Uh, Silent Hill, and I've watched Doom. Si- well, Silent and- Hill is more relevant than the like. Yeah, I watched I watched Super Mario Brothers in the theater when it came out. I watched Doom on DVD. I just watched Doom the other night. I'd seen parts of it, but you know, it's not it's not an awful movie. Um, and neither is Silent Hill. They're just they're more like just WTF type movies now. But it, I feel like the thing with Doom was. That it was painfully, uh, it was like terminally generic. I mean, they have how many sci-fi action movies do we have to see? You know, people running down gangplanks in low light, guys. Um, you know, these badass military guys with you know flashlight beams on their guns and all that. And crap. then they separate to go look for shit. Yeah, they are, and, and okay. Apparently, in the future, uh, soldiers no longer need night vision gear. Also, even though they're going to walk around in the dark. Also, or, at this point in movies. Separating into pairs doesn't do shit either. Yeah, you know what I mean. We like, all know the guy's dead. If the guy, if the the shit that's out there can kill one, it can kill two. Who gives yeah, a shit? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but you know what's funny is that I'm I'm um, slowly getting through the game I'm playing right now is Dead Space Two. Okay. Um, and I'm not blowing through that like I did the Bioshock games because I like those or Borderlands, which I stall that for a bit. But Borderlands is a lot of fun. Um. Again, you don't have to make a movie out of it, but who knows what they do. <laughs> but like Dead Space Two is similar. It's uh, space horror. Uh, you're not a you're not a marine though, but uh, you know you're part of like an extraction, or whatever. But Dead Space Two, you wake up after the events of the first game and the expansion game. Um, but it you know there's a lot of cliched things involved. I, I would say that that movie would have made a much better movie a much better doom movie than doom was you yeah. know, based on you know and it's based on a, a better property and like 
Doom, though, had that part at the end where they actually yeah, doomed the first out. Part. Yeah, well, it they was actually, out. And it was, and like, it was yeah. also the only part of the movie where they looked like they actually lit shit. <laughs> the rest of the movie looked like it was lit by like a 40-watt lamp. It was the, one of the darkest movies I think I've ever seen. Dead and Space? I don't mean like thematically dark. I mean literally dark. Like I could hardly see shit. <laughs> Thank God a cinematographer actually directed that movie because he's probably like, yeah, I know how to you know shoot a movie basically in the dark. De- the Dead Space 2 is basically, so far what I'm playing is, it's nonstop. It's you going through a ship constantly being scared by shit that pops out at you. <laughs> like that's the game, and it, they're all like these, you know, these like thing-like creatures, like that are. Now, I, I don't. Would that really work? So, like, didn't they do that with uh, what was it, if, Dead Rising? What was that Stephen Summers movie where they're on the boat and? Yeah, yeah. Well, that just was the hit, giant squid. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like to me that would have been. I uh, like Dead Rising. I did. Uh, I actually <laughs> think it might be his best movie. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know? Um, well, but the thing is with video games nowadays, depending on how you do it. You can combine all these this shit. Yeah. You can have a game that's like Aliens and The Thing and Doom and shit all rolled into one. And if it's a, in a video game, movies are we've seen so much. Yeah. That it's so it, it's just repetitive and contrived from the get go. But depending on how you do a game and what the engine's like and what you can do and like. I also think too many games though. From you know, I mean, just because I don't play games doesn't mean I don't know anything about them. I you know we cover all the movie adaptations and yeah i work for a video game site so i'm inundated with this stuff every day so i know what the properties are what the gist of them is who the characters are the look of them the vibe all that you know i just don't have time to 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 actually play them um i think that the the truth of the matter is if i made time to play them i would get addicted and it would just be another time suck and uh uh, I'm afraid of doing that, but eh, I think I think that. Uh, because but but anyways, my, just to, uh, before I forget my point, um, the thing that irritates me though, from what I've uh, you know uh, observed about game properties and everything, is that there's it's too there are too many kind of um, shout outs to in homages to movies, uh, too many things that are too on the nose about that stuff. And I feel like if you turn that into a movie, it's like even something like Red Dead Redemption. You know, it looks sweet as hell, all that. But if you turn that exactly into a movie, it's going to be a pastiche of every. It'll be it'll be like a a, a highlight reel of well, like, like the greatest westerns it, ever that made. That goes back to kind of what I was just saying. Whereas video games can combine elements from everything that's come before it yeah. and present it to you in a new medium. Whereas if you did that in a movie, it's just another western. Yeah. So it's like, why not just instead of making a Red Dead movie, just make a good western. Yeah, you know what I mean. Instead, yeah. just make a whole new good western and let that exist there, you know, because the storytelling elements don't roll out the same way in a video game as they do in a movie, and when yeah. you, com- you you wind up shoehorning it into a different storytelling device, and it d- it's not going to work always. Yeah, or most of the time it doesn't work. <clears throat> um, I wanted to, since we're on the video game tip, we did this uh, feature this week about who should be the next Lara Croft. <clears throat> Excuse me, Jordan Carver. Well, we have uh, here. Here's the 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 folks that we we listed in there: Gemma Arterton, Tanit Phoenix. Who I still don't understand why people are even talking about her. What has she done? She's a model, the, right? Yeah, they don't looking for yeah. things that done <laughs> done. What does that have to do with anything? You're looking at people's resumes, and they're looking at something else. They're looking <laughs> at her assets at her Tanit. Yeah, but um, Evangeline Lilly, Rose Byrne. 
uh, Haley Atwell, who's the love interest in a new Captain America movie. Zoe Saldana, which was kind of our outside-the-box pick there for, for Lara Croft. Ava Green from Casino Royale. Abby Cornish, who's in Sucker Punch. And, of course, Olivia Wilde. Um, all of those ones that we mentioned, who would be your, your pick? I mean... I just say pass, I guess. I mean, none of them, huh? Well, I don't, I don't have, I don't care about Laura Croft. And yeah. aside from the fact that, and like, and what kind of character is she? Like, who cares? Is she an actual? She's tough. She's a grave robber. Busty, right? I know what she does, and we've seen it portrayed in movies two times now. Um, you need a capable, strong female who can be tough, do stunts, and and I, I have to say. If it were any other role, it wouldn't matter. But because it's Laura Croft and because there's a visual iconography to her, has to have certain curves. Yeah. And, like, you know, of course, nobody wants to cast from there. But that's how this role needs to be. You can't cast people who can't fill out certain uh, parts yeah. of the, of clothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's just kind of how it has to be. But, and, you know, you want to cast a Brit? Fine. You know what would be hilarious if they ended up, like, casting Rebecca Hall? Is Lara Croft? Like, yeah. We wanted to go for the thinking man's, uh, you know, Lara Croft. Yeah, Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Mirren is. Mm, she could fill out that shirt though. <laughs> Helen Mirren. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She she looks good. Um, all right. Let's let's move on to a sadder topic. Uh, Michael Goff, who played Alfred in the Batman films, passed away this week of McGregor syndrome. Exactly. This is why I brought it up because I wanted us to talk about McGregor syndrome. He was ninety-four, by the way. Wow, so he should a, be so lucky. By the yeah, way, yeah, he had a nice long life, and he he made his mark in um, the Hammer horror films, and he was also in Doctor Who, and he had a you know a number of credits. He I think he had a Shakespearean background, but um, you know he'll be our generation's. Uh, Alfred, you know the. Uh, I mean, my, I would still consider Michael Caine still our generation. Yeah, right? yeah. I yeah. mean, like in Alan Napier's stuff. I mean, we all grew up with the ba- Batman TV show, but Goff was more in the movies. They, I would say, he was more Napier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, like you Alfred, never get the sense that he was. There the were a few warm moments surgeon. in the first Batman between him and Vicky Vale. Like there were some moments, and you could, and you, you kind of like the relationship he had with Michael Keaton, yeah, in those movies. And then by the time Schumacher rolled around, he was just a goof, you know. And then of yeah. course Batman and Robin, where the I guess you would say the sentiment of that movie was Bruce having to deal with Alfred dying of the nebulous McGregor syndrome, <laughs> which apparently the only they didn't even only go two to, people in the world had it. The only uh, and the other one was uh, Mr. Freeze's, Mr. Freeze's wife. Uh, um, Laura, Laura Freeze. Was that her name? I think Laura? it was Laura. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, you, they don't explain what McGregor syndrome is. I just say it's AIDS. They said he had AIDS, <laughs> he had full blown AIDS. But there was the one part of the movie where he like he's he's in pain and he just kind of doubles over and winces. Yeah. So apparently it just attacks you in this in the whole all of you region. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like oh my stomach, legs, head, arms. <laughs> I don't know, but and there's no cure. That was the other thing. That was the other funny part about this is that there was no cure for this horrible disease that we don't know how he picked it up in some bathhouse somewhere. I don't know, <laughs> but no, I don't know. Like McGregor syndrome was. I mean, look, it's one ridiculous part of a of a, a cornucopia <laughs> of ridiculousness. I think the thing is though that some people actually thought it was a real. Syndrome. Who did? 
I, idiots. <laughs> Morons. Well, yeah. I never heard this. I never heard people thinking. Was, no, I've heard people, you know, uh, is that really real? No. You no, no. Fucking idiot. It isn't real. It was made up for a crap-ass movie. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but uh, Alfred dude, you, fucked like <laughs> a goat. <laughs> no, he actually is from breathing in too much bat shit over the years. He was in yeah, that yeah, cave. Yeah, that's true. Like, you that's know, gotta be. He's cleaning all the 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 They're in a bat cave. It's gotta everything. be like the microscopic. Probably feces. fell down into his. It, it was Earl Grey, and he drank it, and, and it gave him some sort of like horrid lower intestinal parasite. <laughs> exactly that that named McGregor. Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we figured out the. So he was doubling and... over because he had like he had like shit cramps. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, he had he had the shit cramps. He couldn't poop. He couldn't poop. Everybody poops except Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, Freeze gave out that laxative at the end. He had, <laughs> right. Well, he had the cure. He had the cure. He had the cure. Yeah. It was. It was basically. Um, well, why couldn't he save his wife then? He hadn't developed the cure, and then he went on the screen. Uh, but his wife oh, no, was, was in prison, late. right? I don't remember. She was dead. I don't know. Some I shit. can't remember. Some shit. So I'm gonna have to watch the movie again because <laughs> no, Bane's don't. in it. You don't. Someone will just write in. <laughs> <laughs> and tell you and tell us outside of the doubling over in pain. Where, where, you what have, were some you of have your enough other on your favorite? plate with wanting to watch the 1960s black and white Smurf cartoon? <laughs> That's movie. right. That yeah, comes. Like, and, and you have tip-toes. a full list. You have a full list. You don't need to go I back. Bat, and I have tiptoes. I have more video, bad video game movies to get through. Yeah, yeah. But uh, outside of the doubling over in pain from McGregor syndrome, did you have any other favorite Michael Goff Alfred moments? My one of mine was the. Um, in the first movie where he's like closing the vault with the Batman suit in there and he says something like, I have no desire to spend my few remaining years mourning over the loss of old friends or their sons or something like that. Like it was one of the few like, you know, in the first Batman movie, is it's not a very good movie, but it did um, try to establish Clarify, a tone. At the time, we thought that was the greatest movie ever. Actually, I made myself like that. The first time I saw uh, that, I was I th- 16, I, I was watched it, I, 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 I was like, oh, this sucks. But then I'm like, I had been so invested in there as a fanboy, I made myself like it. Now I appreciate it for more for its legacy of, of what it helped beget yeah. than you know the movie itself has so many I guess problems. my favorites, I don't know, that I had never thought about a favorite Alfred scene. I guess my favorite would be why, why did he choose after so many years of being with, with Bruce Wayne and being a somewhat surrogate father slash uncle figure to him, to give him vichyssoise for the first time in his life, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that, that he would it's automatically cold. assume that he would know what it was. Yeah. Well, also, I'm going to spring this shit on him today. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, you've been I, I, fighting this crime. is passive aggressive Alfred, where he's like, not only does he want to like surprise him with like the soup, but like. Come off as being like smarter than him because it's like, yeah. oh, duh, it's vicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also too like it, it, it showed that Idiot. Michael Keaton was kind of so in his own world as Bruce Wayne that he that Alfred just knew everything and of like the day to day shit of how things got done, you know. But he I, was, I, I wanted to see more scenes like that, but with less obscure like cuisine. It's yeah. like, what, what the fuck is it? Oh, it's a hot dog, Master Wayne. You've had it. You've had it from every day of your life since you were 12. It's a balloon, yeah. sir. Yeah. What the, what the, yeah. It's a condom once what you the, try wearing one. What once. the hell am I sitting on? That's the couch. 
All I know is my pain and my rage. Yeah. Alfred, and my shit's coming out of me. It's like you're going to the bathroom, sir. <laughs> it really is shit coming out of me, uh, sir. I, why am I all wet? You're taking a shower, Master Wayne. <laughs> what is that sound? That's called rock and roll music, yeah. sir. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to what's opening up this week. We have... Um, I don't even know. What's we have... Up? Lincoln uh, Lawyer, I know. Lincoln Lawyer, Limitless, with De Niro and uh, Matthew McConaughey slash uh, um, Josh Lucas uh, uh, clone Bradley Cooper. No, he's not a clone. I like Bradley Cooper, though. You know, <laughs> uh, People forget that he was on Alias. They I don't. I don't forget, and that's why he's not a clone to me. Yeah. Well, uh, to a lot of people, he was just not the, on the TV the podcast. People from don't forget Wedding it. Crashers. Well, yeah. thank you, TV or, podcast. Or douchebag from uh, uh, yeah, Wedding Crashers and douchebag and Hangover and that's and his, right. His uh, legacy of douchebaggery in cinema. But nobody plays a more smarmy, slick douchebag than Matthew McConaughey. Lincoln Lawyer is actually pretty good, but I think people are kind of over um, over uh, overstating sort of. You know, he does his probably his best work here in this movie, but he's playing a lawyer with a big case, which is not exactly new. It's not new for anybody, though. Yeah. It's not new for anybody, let's face it. Uh, I would say... And then Paul is also opening up. That's the more uh, IGN-friendly movie. Exactly. I am actually in the movie, albeit briefly, in the background of the Comic-Con scenes. Um, It's uh, Peg and Frost. uh, They've uh, been trying to ramp up the... Promotion mechanism or machine for um, Lincoln Lawyer of the past couple of weeks. I've noticed as far as on K Rock this morning, they had a radio spot for it, but advertising it to the K Rock audience and <laughs> in the background of the sound bites because you know that's all the you can do. That's all you can do on Lincoln. the radio is just give sound bites of of something that's visual. Yeah. Uh, they had a Lincoln Park song playing in the background of it, like it's rock, like it's rocking, and so they picked the most intense scenes. It's like I'm trying to change or something, you know, like in the background. It's like give me reason. Like, and then uh, Limitless, you know, it's a movie by the guy who wants to use all of his brain by taking a magic drug. I don't know. I mean, yeah. It, I really have no desire to see Or is he a Scientologist? <laughs> or is I he... Don't know. Uh, I I really have no desire to see it. I mean, I, I can wait till video for that one. Limitless. I think my daughter wants to see that. Yeah. And then Paul. How do you think Paul is going to do? I mean, could that be that another... That promotion's been up, too, as far as, But like, do you think that's another one of those... It plays great in Hall H, but nobody in the real world gives a shit. Is it, did it play great in Hall H? You tell me. It played... It played I feel, okay. I get the it played, feeling like it played well. I get the feeling like it played okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't. I st- mean, people know exactly what they're getting from Peg. And I Frost. feel like everybody enjoys most everybody who's in this movie. You know, like yeah. like combination of the talent involved and Simon Peg and Nick Frost and all that. Yeah. And like and I just a don't. Big ensemble. I just I mean, don't think that they wanted Bateman to see them in them. this. That's all. I just don't yeah. think that like this was is what it, the next too, project it's was. It's too niche. Uh yeah maybe I don't know I just yeah. don't think God I, I love Hot Fuzz so much I just think like yeah I liked it a lot too but I was su- surprised that the movie didn't do better um but I have a feeling it'll but it'll see do I'm not I that. feel like that that's like there are certain movies that are like like I don't see everyone liking Hot Fuzz you know what I mean like it, yeah. it's like there's we we interact look we interact with so many people of our own mindset every single day. You know that we forget like what it's like to f- not be us. You know, and I I don't think that that movie that movie's not made for everyone. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Paul, Paul might even yeah. be more of a, an attempt to make a movie actually for more people. 
that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like a silly road movie with an alien, and like there's more goofy shit going on. Yeah, maybe they think it it's more, sla- more, more slapstick. You know, yeah, there's yeah. more. Uh, well, yeah, kids should not see this movie. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's rated R. By yeah, way. yeah. Um, okay, so it's got that. Uh, the unless those you're a kind cool of... parent, then you take the kid. <laughs> now it's it's got a, a couple of uh, commercial strikes there against it. Then where it's uh, a niche movie, it's rated R, but it does have a great you know ensemble I, cast. It's in there. it's a it's a movie with a broader appeal, but with a niche cast. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. That so. So how do you let, let's uh, throw some figures like around Seth here? Seth Rogen is probably the biggest draw, like as far as like. Yeah, and, and then it's uh, his voice, Kristen so. Wiig is in there, and Jason Bateman. But like, and, still, they're uh, not. Sigourney big. Weaver's in it too, but right, people. But they're not. Be. Yeah, they're, we they're in movies we like. True. You know what I mean, but like, Kristen Wiig, you know. You yeah. have, most people, you'd have to say, it oh, it didn't help walk hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what do you think? Do you think like Battle of LA will, will stay number one this weekend, or do you think any of these new releases could... could I mean, it? I think Lincoln Lawyer has a chance just because of what kind of movie it is. Really? You know what I mean? See, all right. I'm, uh, I'm going to say... I am horrible. By the way, I am horrible <laughs> at, especially because I barely see movies anymore at box office. Like, I, I think I brought up early in the podcast, I used to manage movie theater. My job was to actually predict what movies would open with because I had to place them in the, you know, houses ranging from 800 seats down to 50. And my predictions were better than the automated, like, system that they had on the computer of predicting movies. (laughs) Now I couldn't predict a movie for, like, if my life depended on it. Which it will one day. (laughs) My life will say, tell me what, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what Smurfs gonna do second weekend. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say this. Battle of LA will be number one uh, again with 21 million, followed by Limitless with about 19. You think the the Cooper draw? Yeah, I think it just I think it uh, appeals to, uh, to more people, and also I think it's uh, PG 13. The other uh, two are R. True, and then uh, Rango third place with 17. Lincoln Lawyer, fourth place, 13. Uh, Red Riding Hood, seven. And I think Paul in um, uh, sixth place with six million. You think Paul will open less than like yeah. Red Riding Hood? Yeah. I, don't, I think it'll do a little better than that. But like I said, I'm wrong. Let's, let's have a few figures here from you. I don't know. Okay. I think Mars uh, Needs Moms will, of course, be no, out no, in the top no, that'll, ten. That'll, that'll, that'll shoot gone. up to number one. Yeah, that, will, yeah. Word of morbid mouth. Morbid curiosity will yeah. get the better I want to see the biggest bomb of all time. <laughs> I want to be part of that movement. Uh, okay, we'll just, we'll just say Battle LA, number one. Okay. Uh, with it tr- opened at 35.6. Yeah. Well, let's say it drops half. That's still that's about 17. But I'm, I'm going to say I'm saying 21. I'll say Paul two. Lincoln Lawyer three. Okay. What else is that? Limitless. That's hard because I feel like because like I said, my daughter wants to see that, and that's the Takers crowd. Was my daughter? Yeah. Um, and she likes Bradley Cooper, so it might get a lot of the teens this weekend if the if and they can't see Paul. They can't you know see I mean? Paul. It's it's our yeah. So yeah, so what, I'll, what I'll say think? I'll say Lincoln Lawyer and Limitless are almost neck and neck there. Okay. Uh, any any idea for uh, for figures for shiggles here? Oh, um, one million, two million, three million. Four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Battle LA will make like nineteen. Okay. And Paul, 
Paul will make like 17, and then okay. the other is like I'll hover around 16 and 15. And something okay. Like that. All right. That sounds good. All right, guys. Well, I think that'll about uh, do it for this week's podcast. Um, uh, so check us out on iTunes and give us some uh, you know props over there. And if you have any questions, sorry we didn't get to read your email this week, um, uh, you shoot us a line at keepingitreal at IGN.com. And also, you know, uh, we have um, going on right now on the site, I think it will probably be wrapping up, uh, unfortunately, by the time you hear this. But um, IGN Australia did a great thing and arranged um, this uh, webathon to help raise funds for um, Japan. And so if, uh, if you do listen to this and it's still going on, it was a 24-hour uh, webathon, please do donate. They're going to play Japanese games for 24 Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So please do donate over there. It goes to the Red Cross. Otherwise, folks, uh, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next time. What's your catchphrase? What's your oh, what, do you say? Catchphrase? what do you say? Uh, Scream something out. What is uh, it? Booyah. Damn. No, That's I don't want to say booyah. That's terrible. No, I don't want to. Too wanna. late. It's what it. I don't want to say. That's no, it. No, no, no. no. McGregor syndrome. Okay, better. All right. Bye.